right, everyone. Welcome to the very first, the very first podcast by the Tennessee Wildlife Resources Agency that we're calling Tennessee Wildcast. It's great to have you here. We're going to bring this show to you both through audio means, like a radio show, or you can watch us. You can go out, and we'll explain more of that later in the show. I want to introduce a few folks real quick. I'm Doug Markham, and I've been working at the Tennessee Wildlife Resources Agency for a long time. Right over here is Jason Harmon. Say hello, Jason. Howdy, Doug. How's it going? Going great. Glad to have you here. Looking forward to this. Good to be here. Uh, Behind us is Don King, who everybody's heard of, voice of the agency, helping us out. But Don's in the background today, and uh, we always appreciate Don. And, of course, we're going to explain what this show is, but we're going to introduce our guests first and spend some time talking about important things before we get to exactly what we're doing. Is that okay with you? Sounds good. All right. Good morning, Ed Carter. Well, good morning, Doug. Or hello, Ed. <laughs> Here I go. Anyway, Ed, uh, you are the director of the Tennessee Wildlife Resources Agency. You've been with the agency a long time, and you're our first guest. You know, what an honor. Uh, I hope that we, we do well enough that people will stay with us. <laughs> I have no doubt with you and her, Ed, that we will. And we're going to work hard to try to get folks to know about this show, and we're asking folks out there, everybody listening, all you sportsmen and just other folks who love the wildlife and love outdoors, Tell your friends about us because we're going to teach you a lot about what the agency's doing with this show right here. Now, we might reach out to sportsmen from time to time and get them to come here, but the show is mainly about folks like Ed and, and the biologists and wildlife officers and, and folks that you work with all the time, Ed. Well, looking forward to being a part of that, and hopefully this is a part of the plan that we're going forward with to try to keep people better informed about what we do and who we are and the programs we have and what it means to everybody in tennessee hunters fishermen and those people who just enjoy wildlife in any stage well you uh you have always worried about that since i've known you and i've known you a long time director carter you've been here since 1972 is that correct that's correct and uh you it's it's been something all your life that you've worried about getting the word out about the tennessee wildlife resources agency and i think even in the very early part of your career you took wildlife out to show them to animals did you not i mean to show them to folks that was the very first job i had with the agency at at the time we had fair exhibits that we used live animals and we went to about seven or eight fairs across the state usually course in the fairs time period of late august early september and the we would erect displays at each one and we were told at the time that it was the most popular exhibit at the fair and we would have thousands of people come through and it, it was a it was quite an ordeal to put all of that together but it was fun it was a lot of fun and of course you've come a long way since then and done many things that that i'm sure i'm not aware of but the things i am aware of you were the chief of boating for a long time you worked on our hunter education program at the Tennessee Wildlife Resources Agency, and I want to touch on some of that in a little bit, and a whole lot of things in between. Uh, You became director of our agency, I think, six years ago this March? Actually, I'll be finishing my seventh year in March. In March, all right. Well, right now, right about this time, uh, about this time seven years ago. March 1st, 2009. Wow, that's hard to believe. It's already been that long. What... A couple questions. Tell us a little bit about your background. Where are you from, and how did you get all interested in, in, in what would really be a career that people uh, they just know Ed Carter has a lot to do with? People think of TWA, they think of Ed Carter often. Well, I grew up in, in a fairly rural area of East Tennessee in, in Hawkins County. Uh, there's a whole other story I could go into there about the little place that I actually live. But in any case, that was what people did. We hunted fish and that kind of thing. And my dad was very active in the outdoors, and so it was a, it was a natural segue for me. I knew what I wanted to do when I was in high school. I thought if I ever get that opportunity, how great that will be. Even in my my yearbook, you know, your last one, your senior year, they have the little 
thing saying you have this person will be the next president of the United States and this person will be the president of this company. And mine was that I'd be the best forest ranger since Smokey the Bear. <laughs> so I don't know that that happened, but anyway, they knew that I had the interest. And it must have run in the family because your brother Tom was a ranger for a while with parks? He worked for state parks for a while. He when he was still in high school, he was the youth conservationist of the year for the Tennessee Conservation League at that time. So, yeah, it's it's pretty much a, a family affair. And I know Tom went into business later on, but he I still see sometimes I see him talking about about the life he had before he went into more private business. So, runs yeah. deep. I feel like I've jumped around inside the agency. I, as you mentioned, I've been just about every division inside the agency. And Tom was kind of the same way in his business as everything from a DJ in Florida to a to an environmental recycler. So he's he's made the gamut. He's made it all. All right. you um, That was Pressman's home, by the way. Is that where you were it when, was. You, when you grew up? And you spent a lot of time in the Little River. Is that correct? Well, that's after we moved to Blunt County. Okay. And we lived there for several years and fished a little Tennessee before it ever was dammed under the Teleco Dam. So have lots of memories there as well. Okay. And what is, since you started here, so many things have happened. What do you think, looking back over a career that spanned a little more than 40 years now, what do you think the, the greatest thing that's ever happened to this agency or to sportsmen who support this agency? What would you, what would you say is the best? You know, I kind of relate a story. We had a commission meeting in Chattanooga a couple of years ago, and we had some fellows who showed up just to speak to the commission and didn't really know what it was about. They were, I'd say, in their mid-70s, and they talked for a few minutes, and they ended their their conversation with the commission by saying, we just wanted you to know that this is the good old days right now. And they were equating it to the time they grew up and how all the time that they'd spent hunting and fishing. And it relates kind of to the question you asked me just now, and that in my early career and for several years after, we were in the restoration phase. So everything we were doing was trying to stock turkey, trying to, to stock deer, and several other non-game animals along the way. We're now to the point that we're pretty much through with the restoration, even up through the elk that have been here for a few years now. Still working on a few of the non-game animals that are in, either threatened or endangered, but for the most part, we're, we're through with that restoration. And so it started a whole new era of maintenance, and then it eventually became to the point where I never thought we would have you know, nuisance turkeys, but we have so many wild turkeys now that a lot of people call in. They're in my garden. They're roosting on my deck, all those kind of things. So we're, we're into a phase of, of maintenance and trying to work with a more urbanized environment than we've had for years. And as people move away from that rural environment and those rural ties, there's an education process that one of the reasons we're doing this is to make sure that people understand what their role with wildlife management is. Okay, and, and will some of that be, we get calls all the time with, with folks really that are moving into, in this case, Nashville area, this is where the show's being broadcast from, out of the headquarters office in Nashville, Tennessee, and get calls all the time from folks who don't really know what a bobcat is or a raccoon, or is that some of the stuff you're talking about that we have to deal with? Yeah, people who have not ever had that opportunity, and, and I really mean opportunity, to, to be involved yeah. with wildlife on a one-on-one on -on -one basis, Sometimes it's actual fear. We, you've seen news stories lately of bobcats and that were in a in a housing community. It, it's really nothing to fear, but you know there's there's a stigma there with any kind of cat. And as you well know, cougars have moved into Tennessee, right. and that's bringing a whole other story. So it's a little different. It, it is different for sure. Well, it has been a success. When you started, Director Carter, there were there were hardly deer were things that you do a double take to see, and turkeys were almost unheard of. So. Without a doubt, two of the top restoration stories in history here. 
it, I, I, I had never seen a deer in the wild until I came to work for the agency. And we were trapping deer at the time and moving them around. So in, on those management areas, which is where primarily we're pulling deer from, that, that was my first shot at seeing a deer. And then turkeys, I, I can't tell you how many hours people inside this agency set on turkey nets to try to transport turkeys from one place to another. So, yeah, those are two really great restoration stories. A lot of folks may want to know, does the director of the Tennessee Wildlife Resources Agency hunt or fish? I, I do. I, I tell people a lot of times it's, it's one of my favorite passions, and I get to watch a lot of people do it, but I don't get to do as much <laughs> of it as, as I would like to. Yeah, and, and boating. You are, and I've said this on other shows with you before, you're, the to me, the foremost expert probably in the world uh, with boating. Boating has been a passion for you all these years, and, and of course, you boat, too. It, well, if, if you go in my office, you'll notice an old outboard motor sitting in the corner that was belonged to my dad that, when I was just a kid that we mentioned the Little Tennessee River that we utilized all up and down through that river. It's a momentum now, but we went from those boats that just had a love for boats and boating, and of course, that we hunted and fished out of those boats so it was a natural combination but i really i think i would probably step down from being the the world's greatest expert <laughs> but, well, but i did enjoy it well i always you're you you served as the the head of the national association of safe law boating administrators I'm in the ballpark there that's pretty a, close a, a couple times and and you just seem to always know about boating wherever it's discussed we discussed before this show started about you going to england and i know you've been to italy and so I think you're right up there with the with the best. Man, why? What has changed um, uh, with with uh, boating in the last few years? I want to ask you about two things that I know you helped set up: the boating program and hunter education in Tennessee. And what has changed that's made you proud about the boating program? I, I guess trying to to minimize the conflicts between all the different kinds of boating. Uh, like I mentioned, when I first got into boating with with, with Dad, you know. A, a, a 10 horsepower motor was pretty good size motor people had a 35 that was just that was the top of the line so now 200 300 horse motors all kinds of different personal watercraft many 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 different kinds of things that you can utilize and to try to put all those on the same reservoir and make sure that it's safe but also you want to leave that you enjoyed your day so trying to minimize that and working through those things and then the education side of boating to make people understand what laws are there for and the navigation aids and on and on. So a few years ago, you and a few others helped start a, a mandatory education boating. Um, you have to take a course, not a course, but a test in Tennessee. It's a little different than hunter education. You think that'll help anyone born January 1st, 1989 or after have to pass this test? And in order to pass the test, they have to understand boating. Yes, and it... One of the things we found out uh, early on with people who had boated their entire life, we go, why do I have to take this test? Well, they didn't unless they were born after that test. And, it, and when it started, it was 16 years of age and, and younger. And now, of course, uh, whatever that equates out to be, they're in their late 20s or more. Yeah, and hard to believe. It, so, yeah, it's, it's made a difference. People would say, I've boated my entire life. I understand this. And then they would get into the things and go, you know, I I didn't know as much about that as I thought I did. That's good. It's a good course. We have some wonderful people that teach it, too. You don't have to go to a, a mandatory class, but we urge that you do. And there's some there's some boating officers here that teach it and some of the other. I think the power squadrons out there, 
Direct Car and some of those folks, Coast Guard Auxiliaries, they do a lot of teaching in this Both course. do that, yeah, and a few other folks, but those are the two primary volunteer organizations that do it. And you're right, you can go to a class, you can take it online. There's several different ways to fits in best with your schedule. It's hard to believe, talking about ages, that's 1989 for boating, but you also helped set up the hunter education program in Tennessee, and if my math is right really quick, you'd have to be something like 46 now. Uh, the age, 46 or under, I believe, is 1969. January 1st. So am I close with my math there? I was thinking there's 79, but you, you know, I'd have to go back and look myself. Okay. Maybe, right. maybe it was 69. I can't right. remember. I'm old now. <laughs> well, as far as that goes, you set it up. What was the idea way back with a, with a hunter education? At that time, there were, there were two major things that we wanted to get out of it. One, of course, was the safety side, and it was called hunter safety at that time. Now it's hunter education. But hunter safety was making sure that people understood firearms and how to use them safely. The other was, was the respect for the game and for private landowners where most of that hunting was taking place. Okay, and a proud program for you? It is. In 1976, uh, we were voted as best hunter safety program in the North America. So we were proud of that. And then the volunteer instructors that we have have kept that going f- for all these different years. And, and I'm very proud of that program and the people that are in it. All right. If you had to do all this over again, if you had to do, if you had a career path to take over again, would you do the same thing? I've told people that many times. I said, if I could start over tomorrow, I would because I enjoyed it so much this first go-around. The second time, I think I'd really enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, well, everybody knows who you are, and you've done a great job. And you followed, and you took over some, some the shoes you filled were huge. Uh, Director Gary Myers was here for 25 years or so, and you replaced yeah. him. And, and uh, I think it's been pretty seamless. Maybe not in your world, <laughs> but in ours, uh, it seems like it hasn't been a problem for you. Well, I've told several people you don't replace Gary Myers, you just take his position yeah. that he left, and, and that's so true. He was he was internationally known, did wonderful things for the state of Tennessee and the nation as well. Yeah, and he was for sure. And now one thing you're doing, because we want to communicate more, and, and Jason and I are going to talk about some things we're doing, and you're welcome to chime in, of course, any time. But one thing you're doing is you are now Twittering. We have got the director of the agency Twittering some, and we want you to follow him, and his, his handle is at TWA director. So, um, any comments on that? Just that it's hard for me to say hello in, in less than 20 or 25 <laughs> letters. So, so, keeping it to a Twitter length is, is difficult for me, but yeah, I really want to do that more often. Yeah, well, you're doing a great job with it. It's TWA director, at TWA director, and we also have at TN Wildlife that we'll talk about. Jason and I will in a, in a few minutes. Anything else you want to say to sports? We're going to have you back next week. We're trying to develop this show and how long we're going to make it run and all the different stuff. And it'll change over time, evolve over time. But anything you want to add before you come back next week? I would just probably be really remiss if I didn't really thank the people of Tennessee who have funded these programs forever. We, we don't get the general funding, so those people that buy hunting and fishing licenses, that's who we owe the success to to these programs, along with a lot of professionals inside the agency that have utilized their funds to make things happen. And, well, last question on that, and then, we'll, Jason, I'll talk here for a second. But what, what are we like other states? Are we the one state that uh, fishermen, hunters and fishermen, sportsmen fund just about everything we do? Are other states like that, too? It's still a combination of our border states. Five of the border states receive pretty hefty sums from their general fund to augment their licenses, but it's still a combination across the nation. Okay. All right. Hang in there with us. You're, you're welcome to discuss this with us, too. We just want to talk about some ways, other avenues, and that folks can join us and explain more about this show. But stay right here, and we're going to have you back next week, right?
I hope so. I'm just going to sit here and bask in the glory of being the first person. All right. Well, we're like uh, having you the first person. I couldn't think of anybody better to have us first. Jason, uh, this is the show we've been talking about for several weeks, thanks to you and Don King sitting here behind me. Here we are up and running. I'm looking forward to it, Doug. It's going to be great to get this out there and, and communicate with the public and let them know what's going on. Well, you're the technical guy. Tell them kind of what you have and how they're going to be able to find us. Well, uh, TWRA.TV is where you can watch it. Uh, if you're going to listen to it, you can get on get us on iTunes uh, or go to our website, tnwildlife.org, and find us there. So. Okay, and we're going to post every week by, try to post every week by around Thursday morning, Thursday midday, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, on so, Thursdays, and, and we'll send out Facebook notifications, we'll send out Twitter notifications. And, and all the way, if you have trouble remembering all the different things, like the director's handle, or our handle, or how to find, just go to the website, tnwildlife.org, and scroll down, and you'll find social media, and you'll find featured links. And all that stuff's going to help, right? Exactly. And we're, right. we're trying to make our, our website look a little bit better and make it easier to navigate, too. So that should be make it easier to find what we're, what's going on. All right. And I, I want to talk about our Facebooks. We have Facebooks that are uh, in every region, and we have four regions in Tennessee. And we want folks to come in there and look at it. We also have, we call the headquarters, either headquarters or sometimes Region 5. But we have them across the state. They're really good. They're full of information. We're trying to make them better. And again, if you go just to the website, the tnwildlife.org, you can you can scroll down and click on them and then bookmark them, and it's not a problem. But they're easy to find. Right, all our regions are doing a great job getting some information out there as what's going on in different different parts of the state, and and we try to duplicate that. And, and get that's that what's fun about. Out. Yeah, East Tennessee is so much different than Middle Tennessee and West Tennessee with all the stream, the the mountainous areas over there, and, and versus the rolling hills of Middle Tennessee and the and the things, the wildlife that come with them, and. And West Tennessee is different than all of them with its with its lowlands and, and even swampy areas with big swamp rabbits and stuff over there. What about tag board? What what is that? Well, um, it's a way to to share your photos and and stuff from different platforms of social media. Uh, if you hashtag a certain phrase, and when we have uh, TN Wildlife as a hashtag, uh, if you hashtag TN Wildlife in, in Facebook and Twitter and Periscope or not Periscope, I'm sorry, Instagram. And some of the other social media sites that'll go to our tag board and eventually we're going to have that out on our website where people can share their photos with us and with everybody else in the state of tennessee okay easy so. enough it's all about communicating more the state agency communicating more with sportsmen and there's always been for a long time there's a lot of stuff out there already mm-hmm. that the division here uh, has worked on for years and magazines and we're just getting more into the electronic world as we go just like everybody else is and yep. And we want folks to come in and, and watch and listen and definitely tell them about this program, which we're calling Tennessee Wildcast. All right. Now, we stole that from you. Is that okay? Yeah, that's fine. We, we had a little video uh, podcast, I guess you could call it, uh, out there on our website. But uh, we've kind of revamped it now and, and going more toward the true podcast, but then adding a little video in there as well. So. All right. Well, it's your name. It's the perfect name. And I know there's some other Wildcast names out there you and I talked about the other day. But they're not really wildcats because they don't really talk about the outdoors. Right. We're talking about the outdoors with folks that uh, that help run the outdoors this here at the agency. This is the true wildcast. The true wildcast. <laughs> All right. Well, listen, uh, it's been fun. And Director Carter's going to be back next week. We're going to talk about several more issues with the director and including maybe some money. <laughs> looking forward to it. Yeah, I bet you are. I'm uh, looking well, forward to seeing some pictures of Director Carter you know, on tag board, maybe hashtag a few shots in fishing or hunting or something like that. He's got some good ones out there. I've seen some of his trips. Anyway, maybe we'll get some from, from uh, England when he goes over there, there you go. too. All right, remember us, everybody. Come into TN, tnwildlife.org, tnwildlife.org, 
and you'll find us, all right? And uh, we want to talk to you every single week. Enjoy this Tennessee Wildcast. We're always here, but we'll be back with a new show next week.